Welcome, friends, to Merit's Musings. This is a podcast for educators in the very broadest sense. I, Jason Merritt, am a public school teacher and a youth minister in my church and a parent. I've dedicated my life to helping people grow and learn. And I'm something of a writer and a poet, someone who loves language both for its artistry and for its power. In this podcast, I'm going to explore some of my informal thoughts on what it means to be human, especially in the context of being an educator, a minister, and a parent. Often, I will open my musings around a poem I love, because, well, quite honestly, I think any time I spend talking about poetry is time well spent. I invite you to join the conversation. Feel free to write me with your thoughts and your feedback. You can contact me uh, through our website, meritsmusings.buzzsprout.com, and through my Facebook page. And now, on to this week's episode. This is Jason Merritt, bringing you another poem. Today I'd like to read for you What the Dog Perhaps Hears, by Liesl Mueller. If an inaudible whistle, blown between our lips, can send him home to us, then silence is perhaps the sound of spiders breathing and roots mining the earth. It may be asparagus heaving head first into the light and the long brown sound of cracked cups when it happens. We would like to ask the dog if there is a continuous whirr because the child in the house keeps growing, if the snake really stretches full length without a click, and the sun breaks through clouds without a decibel of effort. Whether in autumn, when the trees dry up their wells, there isn't a shudder too high for us to hear. What is it like up there, above the shut-off level of our simple ears? For us, there was no birth cry. The newborn bird is suddenly here, the egg broken, the nest alive, and we heard nothing when the world changed. I chose this poem today because I love it. Uh, I love it for a number of reasons. One of the reasons I love it is because it has a dog. And if you know me at all, you know that I am all in when a dog is involved. It's as simple as that. My wife and I have two dogs now, Toulouse-Lautrec Merritt and Theolonius Monk Merritt, uh, who are marvelous members of our family. We've always had uh, children who are four-legged and furry. I was raised with brothers who are four-legged and furry. So for me, bring on a dog and I'm all in uh, because I, I believe dogs have so much to teach us about how to be human uh, in the world. Uh, And I can do a whole podcast on that, and I'll hold off. But bring out a dog, I'm going to give you full attention. The other reason I love it, besides the ideas, which we'll get to in a moment, is I love the artistry of it. Ms. Mueller is such a virtuoso with sound in this. And of course, this poem is about sound and, and how sound is limiting, right? It's an inaudible whistle. All these things are happening that we don't really hear, and she plays with language in ways that are just so delightful. She has silent sound spiders in that opening uh, few lines. Uh, Wonderful alliteration, soft and gentle. There's this amazing rhyme, a vowel rhyme, uh, with the long brown sound of cracked cups when it happens. Uh, and brown and sound, it's just so round with their letters, 
ground puts color to a sound. We're better at color than we are at sound in this poem. It's just amazing. But my favorite line is, uh, if the snake really stretches full length without a click. And, and that sharp eye sound at the end of that with the word click is just perfect. It's perfect. Right. Uh, it's exactly the sound we would expect a spine to make when it gets stretched out. And of course, we've all had the experience of having our back cracked uh, and those clicky moments. And so uh, I just I love what Ms. Mueller's doing. I wish my own poetry had uh, such absolute control over sound technique. But conceptually, I love this poem because I see this poem uh, in the context of my life and my teaching, my ministries, of all the ways that I work with other people and help them grow, uh, I see this poem about power and about humility and about curiosity and wonder. And so I'm going to start with the power and humility. The poem opens with us as powerful, us being humans, right? We blow the whistle. It's our lips that send the dog home to us. We're commanding the dog. I love, by the way, the link of dog and home because dog equals love and home equals love. And so we have a nice syllogism there. Sweet. But then we start to realize that we didn't quite know what we were doing. We blew the inaudible whistle. We had some power. We didn't quite understand it. And all these other possible things are happening that we don't hear. In the middle of the poem, we start to get a little more humble. We would like to ask the dog. We're no longer commanding the dog. We're asking. And we're not even certain we can do that. We would like to ask the dog. Because, of course, there are physical limits to how well we can communicate with dogs, or more accurately, how much dogs can communicate with us. It's a relationship full of miscommunications and silence, and even more valuable, I would argue, for that. So we're, we would like to ask, and then it ends with us asking ourselves, what is it like up there above the shutoff level of our simple ears? And now we recognize that we're the simple ones. The world is very complicated, full of noise, full of activity that we just don't hear. We're not aware of. We are simple. And then at final ending, we have the hatching of the newborn bird, and we heard nothing when the world changed. And I love that nothing. We've become increasingly deaf as this goes, and that deafness has become a form of wisdom. Uh, I love the ending of this, uh, when the world changed, because it reminds me of a song in the Christian rock world uh, called A Baby Changes Everything. And it's about how Jesus coming into the world changes uh, everything that matters, our relationship with God, our relationship to ourselves, our relationships to each other. Um, but I think we can broaden that out. I think every baby changes everything. Uh, new life entering the world explodes into the world with tremendous possibilities. Nothing is ever the same when new life enters. Uh, all the webs of relationships get adjusted. It's the same, of course, when life leaves the world. Uh, nothing is ever the same after that. Um, and so uh, the fact that it happens all the time doesn't change how dramatically powerful it is when life enters the world. And yet, 
we ignore it so much. Spring happens, and you know, millions, billions, billions of plants come to life, come more apparently to life. Uh, children get born, animals get born, insects, the cicadas are going to come out in their fecund massiveness. Everything gets changed. And because it's on a cycle, it's easy for us to ignore the power and, and miraculousness of life entering the world. One of the great benefits of being a teacher uh, is that every year I get flooded in with new personalities, new life that change me. And my hope is that in my interacting with them, I get to help change them. And that's the humility piece. All these things that are happening aren't because of me. I was able to send the dog home and that's it. Everything else in this poem happens without my participation, without my support, and sometimes often without my awareness. And as an educator, it reminds me that I need to be cognizant of my limitations. I invest so much in my students and so much in what I try to accomplish, but I uh, am limited and I need to be aware of that. Their lives are so much more complicated than I will get a chance to manage. Uh, there's so much happening in each one of my students' lives, and I only get a small window of their attention and a small window of their energy. I think I get to know them so well, but I also need to be cognizant that I know the personas they present to me. And sometimes I get to peek through and see the real them, but often not. And when I do, that real them will be different. It is very much my hope that the students who leave me at the end of each year are not the same people they were when they walked in, because that's what education is. And I hope that my work with them helps them, strengthens them, supports them in some ways. But they're going to change with or without me. And my hope is just that I can help make those changes be more positive. So this poem reminds me that there's so much I don't know. And I need to do my best to listen. But that's the other piece. That sounds very negative. I don't want it to be negative because this poem is also so, such, so full of curiosity and wonder, right? We want to know, does a child have a whir as they grow? Is my classroom full of these inaudible whirs as their brains are spinning and their spines are elongating? Is that, is that happening in my room? Does the sun ha have a noise as well as heat and light. Um, how, much, how many different wave scales does the sun have? Those questions are built into this poem, right? The world keeps changing. I want to see it. I want to hear it. And that's what I love about this poem is it reminds me that there's wonder and curiosity. There are mysteries to be explored still. We have found and explored so many mysteries. We have extended our senses in so many ways. We have microscopes and telescopes. I don't have to shout. You can hear me through the computers, right? Uh, you, it's not just you're in my room listening to me. You are who knows where, but I, my great barbaric yop is sounding over the rooftops of the world thanks to these technologies. And yet, there's still great mystery. E. Cummings said, the greatest mystery will still be man. I might do that poem. So, with recognition that we need to be humble and aware of our limits and 
with a joy of curiosity that encourages us within our limits to always try to hear. I love this poem. Uh, may I listen better, especially to my students and their needs, but to the world around me as well. And I hope you are filled with humility and curiosity all the years of your life. God bless you.